Hi, my name is Jeremy Wagstaff. You're listening to Living in a Pandemic. It's March the 30th, 2020. There are 715,660 confirmed cases of COVID-19, 1,285 of them in Indonesia. Around the world, 33,589 people have died. Hi, 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 hi. <laughs> hi, hi, just a sec. This is Dini, an Indonesian friend who has long dumped the polluted streets of Jakarta for her husband's island of Sulawesi, up in the hills among his Taraja people. Dini works for the UN and runs a small company that employs local weavers. When I caught up with her, she had just returned from the capital, nearly 1,000 miles away. The connection wasn't great, understandably, given her home in Tana Taraja's highlands, but it's clear enough. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, it's it's just so complicated, and we uh, yesterday we like we decided to 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 go home because because usually I don't spend more than one week in Jakarta anyway, and my in-laws we asked them what should we do. My husband is an indigenous Torajanese, right? So. They say you better go home to Toraja because as in Toraja, when you die or if you die, you know where you will be buried. They get to the point. They don't, yeah. uh, they don't sugarcoat it. No, yeah. Hmm. It was like quite shocking like in a way, but they just say, you know, just go home. Hmm. In Jakarta, if or when you die, they will put you in a mass grave hmm. and nobody can visit you. Nobody can have ceremony for you. Just go home and, and at least you will know where you will be buried well, and we will know where you are. And is that, so like, oh, okay. is that just a, uh, a cultural <laughs> okay. view about death or is it a kind of fatalism about the uh, coronavirus? I think in a way it's a combination, but, uh, but this is their way of looking at death, I suppose. They don't look at death as, as the end or something scary, mm-hmm. like like... I think you know that in Toraja, the ceremony on for funeral is like it's it's basically a celebration of of life. Mm-hmm. So I I think it got to that point and 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 they just say it without mincing words because because Torajan is even like uh, before this Corona thing, wherever they die, uh, the family will make sure that they will take body home. Mm. You know, like. Uh, you have to go home. We have more tombs here now than ever because every Tajan is, uh, has to go home. Right. Um, and that's the, way they, that's the way they look at it. So mm. here we are. Now we are home. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when did you arrive? Uh, yesterday, the plane from Jakarta, everybody was quiet and nobody there to coughing. Everybody was so quiet. And then when we transferred to a small plane from to Palopo, an air put us like separately. Everybody sat on the windows. There are like one or two seats in between. And But everybody is so quiet. Hmm. I, I just came back from Lombok and East Nusa Tenggara, right? Doing a training mm-hmm. for Oxfam, Oxfam program. And then along the way, uh, because that was like, uh, from the 15th to the 22nd of March. And before and along the way, we kept asking the the community head whether we should go ahead, you know. 
because they look at people from Jakarta as the carrier of possible carrier of COVID-19. So we ask and four out of the five groups say, let's go ahead. Let's limit the participants less than 30 according to what the governor or Bupati announced. And then we don't shake hands. And as you know, and in East Indonesia, usually we wrap our noses as a greeting, you know. Mm-hmm. So so we, we don't wrap our noses. We don't even shake hands. And then we have uh, soap and water uh, to wash our hands all the time. And we continue, except for one who hesitated. But at the end, they say, let's go ahead with the training, you know. Mm. And but But they say... But they're more scared of dengue fever. That's what that also struck me, you know, like Jakarta people, we start talking about COVID while people, hundreds of people, actually thousands have died of dengue fever in Indonesia and nobody talk about it. Right. And, and especially in East Nusa Tenggara. So that, that is a problem. Hmm. And I found out later that t- uh, tuberculosis is also bad. People are dying of t- tuberculosis. So it makes me think also like, Bagaimana ya? I mean, so so I when I was in Nusa Tenggara, I was more scared of getting bitten by the mosquitoes than than the COVID-19 because yeah. So I don't know. Do you think there's a kind of it becomes hysterical? Do you think that the panic is is or the the sense of anxiety is is excessive? I mean, we we we. We look at this one thing, and obviously it's it's uh, very yeah. infectious, and yeah, it is yeah, killing yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. But it, as you say, there are a lot of other diseases uh, that are killing people all the time. But we, we just we ignore it. Yeah, mm, we, we ignore, ignore it, it. Mm. and because it happened, it doesn't only happen to the poor, though. But it happens mostly to the poor, where there is like bad sanitation and all that. Yeah, but like my friends and also my husband, my family, family asked me, why do you keep traveling and teaching the people? I said, we try to be careful, but it's all agreed upon. And if I want to be to sound like patriotic, before because poverty continues and with this COVID-19, it goes deeper. You know, like, I, what what to choose? How to choose? So we have Susan, uh, who is our community coordinator for this program, and mm-hmm. she she is a weaver, weaver, and also community. She has 15 years of community community coordinating, yeah, experience. And at the end of the program, she said, "Ibu, I have to go home right away because they close, they stop the ferry to my island." Hmm. And I said, what? Because once you stop the ferry, there is no no food, yeah? Like, because they now depend on rice from Java and whatnot. And there is no uh, solar, apa itu? Uh, solar, uh, like, gasoline, diesel, mm-hmm. for the electricity of the island. So everything stopped. You know, so, so that's why, like, you cannot keep saying lockdown, lockdown on on Indonesia with 17,000 islands with different infrastructure and way of life because she, then she rush before the ferry stop because she, she cannot just swim from one island to another. Right. You know, like, right. I said, you know, like, this is not so simple. Hmm. So, 
Hai, tidak tahulah. How do you how do you feel in in Tanataraja? Do you, presumably there aren't any cases being reported locally yet? Is that right? Yeah, apparently there were two suspects, but they were tested negative. Here it's very quiet, but I am happy here because yeah, I, I'm always happy here, and the air is cleaner, and yeah. we we hardly have like we we don't really have neighbors like we have neighbors, but it's like we have to walk five to ten minutes. To right. get to our next door neighbors, so I feel safer here. Hmm. But we do talk to my like my mother-in-law, but she's glued to the TV. So uh, she's in town. We are in the we are in the slope of the mountains. So mm-hmm. We are in the village, really village. Hmm. And but people follow the order, huh? Everybody stays home. They oh, close yeah. the guest houses and the hotels and the cafes. Hmm. So it's very very quiet, very quiet. How dependent is the is the area on tourism? Very much. So very much. So this is very bad for the guides, for the drivers, for the cafes, mm. because things have also changed. Before I was dependent on foreign tourism, mm-hmm. but now more and more Indonesian or domestic tourists come and they shop more, they stay longer. They eat more, so yeah. So now Torajanis used to look down on domestic uh, tourists, but now they love uh, Indonesian tourists because yeah, they spend they spend more money basically. Right. But yeah, but now no more. They're, they're talking about closing the borders from Makassar to Toraja uh, online online, but I don't know. I think hmm. the decision will be either tonight or tomorrow, because the president is supposed to have a meeting today, right, with the cabinet right. and the, yeah. So this would be sort of sealing the stopping the roads between uh, Makassar, the provincial capital, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and your and your area. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, is yeah. that uh, Tanataraja's main connection to the outside world? How 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 much of an impact would that have on on yeah. su- supplies, etc.? Yeah, my husband was saying also actually like uh, uh, Tanah has been split into two kabupaten now. Uh, one is Tanatoraja with Makale as the capital, and there Makale is connected to Makassar from south. And where we live is in Kabupaten Toraja Utara, north of Rantepao, and our connection is to Palopo. So if you close. Makale and Palopo roads, then basically, basically we are cut off from the rest of the world. Right. And my husband was saying, yeah, just get ready. We may have to go through the the mountains and the valleys if we need to go out. Right. Right. How do you personally, Denny, think things will turn out? What do you think the next two weeks will look like for for you and uh, and your husband? I don't know, but I feel when I was in Jakarta, I started to get depressed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like cooped up in our apartment, and then it's just like keep bumping off, bumping on my husband all the time because the <laughs> place is so small. And then my daughter's son, what do you call them? He started. He has a business to run, and he wanted to stay open because he has to feed fifteen, fifteen people but mm. the wife wanted him to close down so this they started fighting so i heard from some of my friends too that domestic fights increasing i guess i'm not answering you uh, directly mm. but uh, sure. it's just like what's happening mm. and then also i have 
to close to Raja Mero shop and office. And and to tell you the truth, I have asked agreement from our staff that in March, because there is no sale, because we have been closed for more than two weeks, I, I asked them if they agree for 20% cut. And they all agree. And then I told them, because we're supposed to have new programs actually starting with mm-hmm. grants and investment starting in March 1, but it didn't happen, right? Hmm. So if things don't improve, I also ask our team's approval or agreement that if April nothing happens, I have to ask for a salary cut of 50%. And then if nothing happens, maybe we may have to close down because we don't know. We don't know how long this will last. So we don't have a big big team. We have seven, seven uh, full-time sort of. But everybody agrees and let's see what we can do while we are at home, you know, doing online sales or something like that. Right. So that, so that's that. But Jeremy, I don't know whether I believe it or not. Like as I get older and being in Toraja, the physical or two-dimension, three-dimension world sort of sometimes slip out and you can see or hear on the other side. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. And then I read this book and this is one of the books that apparently has gone viral. I bought this book in Australia when I was with my children in 2005. And apparently one of the prophecies like happened. Did you, did you know about this? Like it was viral. It's, What's the book uh, called? Sylvia Brown. Mm-hmm. The book is called, let me, let me, let me get it. Just a second. It's, it's Sylvia Brown prophecy. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and I read it again and she, let me read it. It's, it's short. You know, you're like, again, you believe it or not. The, she says, I bought the book in 2005 and then it was actually published in 2004. And it says, by 2020, we'll see more people than ever wearing surgical masks and rubber gloves in public. Inspired by an outbreak of a severe pneumonia-like illness that attacks both the lungs and the bronchial tubes and is ruthlessly resistant to treatment. This illness will be particularly baffling in that after causing a winter of absolute panic, it will seem to vanish completely until 10 years later, making both its source and its cure that much more mysterious. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Spooky. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Spooky. I don't know. So, so I was like, oh, it's in my library, this book. And I didn't even, I don't even remember. I mean, like, uh, so, so I don't know. I hope, I hope what, what she wrote was true. It will just disappear. I hope. Mm-hmm. But I think it has changed. I think it has changed many of us, including me, yeah, on, on like, on at least like how we work like today you are my fourth zoom meeting i'm so tired <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry i'm so tired to the and, yeah another <laughs> another request for zoom meeting i said no i don't think i can take it anymore you know uh, <laughs> from eight o'clock and and i don't know jeremy and in the middle of all this suddenly i was 
I was, how do you say it? I was elected to become commissaris of PT Sarina. Uh-huh. Oh my God. Oh wow. Uh, and there's so much work and we keep on working and they keep asking for Zoom meeting after another. So this is uh, Serena, the department store. Yeah. Wow. The 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 minister minister of here asked me to become commissaris independent, and I said, what should what am I supposed to do? (laughs) (laughs) It's like a joke, and and he said, transform it, you know, because it's already like uh, transform it back to Sukarno's dream, but uh, in in the contemporary world, you know. Mm Like you are right, you know. Like so, so it's interesting. So we have to continue living, I guess, and make sure that this happens. Yeah, yeah. It's it must be strange to to view it from from your perch up in Tanataraja, because on the one hand you're very, you know, you're being asked to become a a commissioner of one of the, you know, the the country's oldest and and most. Oh. But at the same time, you, as you say, you know, you feel uh, yourself disconnecting a little bit from the physical world, from your your place up in the hills and watching yeah. it as it as yeah. it burns. Yeah, so there are two sides to it, aren't there? Must, yeah. Must be you. yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that's right, Jeremy. Thank you for for making it sharper because it's like switching from the supernatural, spiritual to like the capitalistic world. Yeah. But then we are connected with Zoom. Mm. I mean, like, I've just finished before. That's why I asked for one hour break with you. Mm-hmm. We just had our board of directors and board of commissaries meeting. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and everybody was staying at home except two. They have to take turns in staying in the office. Right. But now, now everybody is focusing on what to do, like, with this COVID-19, like Sarina now is sewing and making masks and medical people's like uniform and all that, mm-hmm. you know. So oh, we right. have to look for, yeah, we have to look for the material. Right. We have to look yeah, for what, what to sell, what to do and what to donate. Uh, or do fundraising well look i don't want to i don't want to keep you Denny, but i'm hoping uh to if it's <laughs> if it's not too many zoom calls for you can i kind of contact you in a in a week or so's time and find how you are and, and sure. What's been sure sure it's good that you are doing this because it takes it to a like another level of humanity yeah? so that this is stories right basically stories yeah that's right i, I yeah. mean i kind of i'm a journalist uh, by training and profession but i feel like this story has gone beyond that and it's really mm-hmm. i thought i i just started talking to friends and and hearing what their life was like mm-hmm. and there was obviously a lot of common threads, but also some quite unique aspects. And I realized a lot of what is happening is in people's minds and therefore talking mm-hmm. about it might, might actually be, be helpful to understand what we're all going through and to, you know, kind of offer support where we can, but also to share with a broader community and therefore people might yeah. not feel so isolated. They might uh, understand yeah. and, and take some, some comfort yeah. from it. Now that we are talking, it's like my friends start having online parties. Like we go on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And for example, I have this pork eating group in Jakarta. We are all the kafir of Jakarta. And we, we go online and we show off uh, the pork dishes that we are eating. Like, <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> so just to... But Indonesians are by nature very 
social, right? I mean, they like to eat uh, they, uh, together. They like yeah, to, to spend yeah. time to just hang out they together. Like to get together. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's hard to take yeah. that away from people, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. The queue, you know how Indonesians don't queue and they like to push their bodies in the queue, like mm-hmm. people keep pushing against each other. But now, but now they keep distance, which is like surprising for me. <laughs> they do keep distance in oh, yeah. the queue to check in. Now they learn to keep distance. I know it must be hard. Right. And I also remember that wherever we go to, in public spaces, in the airport, in church, whatever, people keep coughing, mm-hmm. always cough and spit. Mm-hmm. But now I think they stop. It's just <laughs> like. Wow, you have to put fear into people and they got like very disciplined. That's Dini, balancing the corporate and the spiritual from Indonesia's island of Sulawesi. Zoom has become controversial of late for its security lapses and data policies, but it has certainly helped a lot of people overcome the technical hurdles that still exist in talking to and seeing each other easily and cheaply. We'll circle back to Dini later in the series to see how she's coping and whether her adopted home can be spared the creeping coronavirus. If you have questions for any of the people I've spoken to, or for me, or comments, you can reach me at pandemic at clefstick.com. You've been listening to Life in a Pandemic, produced by myself, Jeremy Wagstaff, and Sari Sulasono. If you're not already doing so, please subscribe so you can catch future episodes and find old ones. And if you like it enough... Make your feelings known on iTunes or whatever service you're listening to this on. If you'd like to comment or participate, please drop us a line at pandemic at cleftstick.com. My name is Jeremy Wagstaff. Goodbye for now and stay well wherever you are.